Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Whiskey, Grits, and Honey. I'm Corey, and I'm here with my buddy Matt. Matt is the county planner for Caswell County, North Carolina, and he has just written a book called How to Think Small, and so today we're going to talk about small town living and his new book. Thanks for joining me, Matt. Hey man, great to be here. It's Think Small, by the way. Um, the, the, <laughs> but, but hey, the website is How to Think Small. So Gotcha, gotcha. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, what you do, uh, how you got into the small town life. Yeah, uh, so I was born and raised in western North Carolina, um, uh, somewhat outside of Asheville. I grew up in Rutherford County, and I went to school at Western Carolina University after um, uh, after I'd left home. Moved to Asheville after school, and I always kind of had my sights set on, set on Asheville because it's a city of about 90,000, very trendy, very hip kind of a place, and I lived there for quite a few years. And there's a lot of things that I enjoyed about it. I met my wife there, which was probably the best thing about living in Asheville. And then after a few years, um, uh, her, her, she's from the area. Her parents live in Caswell County. And so um, after a few years there, we kind of made the decision to move to Yanceyville, even though I'd never really even heard of it. But to our delight, um, we have built a pretty incredible life here, which is what the book is about. So currently I work full time as the county planner uh, with Caswell County local government and just released the book. and. Uh, it's literally available tomorrow. It's that it's that new. Super excited! So make sure you grab that. So uh, the book kind of focuses on like millennials moving to small town areas, right? Correct. Yeah. So why do you think that it's so important for like millennials to kind of like cultivate the culture in like small town living? That is a great question. Um, the reason I wrote about millennials is because the old adage is write what you know, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, gosh, I must have been probably a teenager, and I saw an interview with Tupac uh, <laughs> after on MTV or something, yeah. and uh, they were asking him about his music, and literally his response was, I just write what I know, and mm. that's kind of always stuck with me. So um, I wrote about uh, millennials, and specifically we're talking folks that are kind of in their mid-20s all the way up to the 30s, maybe even uh, touching on 40, because that's my demographic, and that's kind of the lifestyle that I'm familiar with. And really, you know, a lot of millennials today are uh, college educated, they live in bigger cities, they have goals and aspirations, they might want to start a business, but it's really, really hard for them to do so. Uh, Millennials are saddled with a ton of student loan debt, and they're living in rental homes that are very expensive, and they might have a little bit of money on the weekends for pizza and beer with friends, and then that's about it. They're, They're not buying cars, they're not buying houses. Um, What's a savings account? You know? Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah, they don't have any money in savings. Yeah. They're not even talking about starting a family or passing on an inheritance, that sort of thing. And I was there a few years ago. We were kind of there. The reason that we've been able to overcome that is obviously because we moved to a small town and, and took advantage of a lot of great opportunities. So that kind of led me to write the book. But just in general, I think that um, you know the American uh, promise has always been uh, opportunity. And I think for generations, it was very normal to move around, to move from a small town to a big city or vice versa, or to move across the country or to start out in the Northeast and then, you know, make your way to California and build a life there. And I think as a culture, we've gotten away from that. And I would love to see millennials pick that back up, pick, pick that habit back up and especially move back into small towns uh, and make the life for themselves. And that's what the book is about. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your transition from uh, like Asheville culture to Yanceville culture. Yeah. So culturally, it's obviously very different. Yeah. Uh, very, very different. Yeah. Um, I like to joke that uh, the two things that I miss the most about living in Asheville are the mountains uh, 
um, and the restaurants mm. uh, because there are restaurants and breweries and food trucks and all that stuff galore in Asheville, uh, and that's incredible. Um, you know, Asheville was great for what it was, and like I talk about in the book, you know, my wife and I would spend a lot of our free times at breweries and trendy restaurants and checking out new spots and all that good stuff. Um, and you really don't get a whole lot of that in, in a small town, uh, but in my opinion, the trade-off is a lot, is much more worth it. Um, if we want to check out a, a craft brewery, we have a couple up the road here in Danville. Uh, we don't eat out nearly as much, which means we cook at home a lot more, which means we eat a lot. Uh, we save money. Yeah. We eat more healthily. Yeah. And my repertoire as a chef has uh, grown, an amateur chef uh, for sure, uh, has grown. Um, and in the bigger picture is we save a ton of money by not going out all the time, not kind of indulging in those um, trendy cultural things. And by saving money, we're able to do things that I think are a lot more meaningful, like travel across the country. Sure. And um, you and I have talked about a little bit about how you kind of see Asheville like a different light now. You kind of see sort of the like the down and dirty and like some of the stuff that's not as uh, pretty about Asheville. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, just politically, um, Asheville is a very political town, yeah. uh, and that doesn't, and that, that's regardless of kind of where you fall on the political spectrum, any issue in Asheville inevitably kind of becomes a political issue. And I think that's one thing that's really great about um, Yanceyville, Caswell County, Danville mm -hmm. to a larger extent, and I think probably a lot of places across uh, rural America is folks in rural America are so busy focusing on really important things. Mm -hmm. Like, how are we going to expand internet connectivity? How are we going to make sure that water and sewer is available to people's mm -hmm. houses? How are we going to engage in economic development activities? People are so engaged in those really important things that you don't really have time for the bickering of politics. Mm -hmm. You don't care what Donald Trump said on Twitter. You don't, you don't, it doesn't, it doesn't devolve into a Democrat versus Republican kind of a thing. And I think that's phenomenal about small town America. And I think that um, our counterparts in bigger cities could learn a lot of valuable lessons about yeah. that because small counties and small towns, they have to run. They have to um, uh, deliver water to people's houses. They got to educate kids, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, that, that, that's the fundamental role of a local culture and local government. Yeah. Uh, and that's missing, I think, in bigger cities. For sure. And even outside of politics, uh, I mean, I've lived in Richmond, and sometimes the issue is there's an oversaturation of, like, breweries or restaurants and stuff like that. So can you explain about, like, in a small town how it's, like, not as saturated with, like, oh, where do I go today or, oh, what restaurant should it be here? Or yeah, that, yeah that is, uh, that's absolutely the case. You know, like we mentioned a moment ago, there's a couple of breweries here in Danville. And honestly, how many do you need yeah, that's at enough. the end of the day? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, there are fewer restaurants. There are fewer of those uh kind of uh, nice um, um, uh, eccentricities, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, but the good thing about some of those amenities not being at your fingertips is you then have the opportunity to, to create it for yourself. Yeah. And I talk in the book about how um, my wife's business, Caswell Flower Company, actually started out uh, as a paper-making business. So she would make paper uh, on her own. She would actually recycle horse manure <laughs> and blend it with junk mail. And don't worry, when you boil horse manure, you kill all the bacteria. Yeah, and the smell. <laughs> and the smell. And so she would make paper and she would embed the paper with flower seeds. So if you received one of her um, 
cards in the mail, you could plant it and flower seeds would grow. And then kind of one day she thought to herself, well, why don't I just grow the flowers myself? Mm-hmm. And so overnight she started a flower business, uh, a flower farm and uh, arranging business and instantly became the number one florist in the area. Yeah. And so you, it's kind of a trade-off, right? It's you don't necessarily have the breweries or the restaurants or the conveniences at a, at a fingertip, mm-hmm. but you do have tremendous opportunity to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, imagine a guy who lives in Chicago and works. He's probably, you know, middle of the pack at some brewery in Chicago that does pretty well, but you know it's probably going to be 20 or 30 years before he's maybe in a management position. Mm-hmm. He moves to a small town of only about 5,000 people and finds an old industrial building. <clears throat> he can start a brewery himself. He can, he can instantly be the, the number one microbrewer in town. So uh, that's really the kind of opportunity that I'm talking about uh, with the book and what I'd like to see a lot more millennials do in, in small town USA. For sure. Now, you said you're the county planner for Caswell. Could you explain a little bit of what that does and what that entails? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, planners are typically the folks in local government who review uh, subdivisions, uh, land development proposals, uh, zoning regulations, things of that nature. So any new development, residential, commercial, uh, whatever the case may be, it's my responsibility to review the development, make sure that it complies with local uh, plans, uh, things of that nature. Um, and currently in Caswell County, which has no zoning, uh, our county commissioners are entertaining countywide zoning. And so I have the good fortune of drafting up some ideas and some proposals that they will entertain and um, could be responsible for uh, helping to institute countywide zoning for the first time ever in, nice. this, in, in one of North Carolina's mm-hmm. uh, 100 counties, yeah. uh, which is, I think, pretty remarkable. And I think a tremendous opportunity yeah. um, that you wouldn't have if you lived in... Uh, in a Charlotte or a Raleigh, yeah. you know. I'm much bigger. You also helped spearhead another campaign, what, a year ago, the Caswell 2020 uh, yeah. campaign? Yeah, about a year, year and a half ago, I launched an initiative called Connect Caswell 2020, which was aimed at um, trying to uh, ensure that all county residents have uh, high-speed internet and cell phone connection mm-hmm. anywhere in the county. So we were very fortunate in um, getting a $1.5 million grant from the state of North Carolina the money doesn't go to the county, the money goes to the broadband provider. Mm-hmm. And we're actually still kind of waiting on the broadband provider to be able to show matching funds, to release the funding. It's it's yeah. a longer process than I would want it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have had some success with uh, more cell towers in the county. As a matter of fact, on our next planning board agenda, there's going to be a review of a cell tower in the Pelham area, which is kind of the northwestern corner mm-hmm. of the county. So nice. um, little by little, we are we are connecting the county to the future, which That's is awesome. great. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you knocked out this project during quarantine, which was a pretty <laughs> difficult time for a lot of people. Really hard yeah. to like get creative ideas and stuff going. How'd you do it? Well, I actually started the book probably about a year ago. Okay. Actually, I think it was mid-July of 2019. And... Um, we had been out of town or we had been to a wedding or we had been somewhere where um, we met somebody, uh, met a, a couple at a wedding or something like that. And, and it happened to us quite a bit. We would meet folks from D.C. or Charlotte or Atlanta or uh, larger cities, kind of introduce ourselves, my wife and I. 
And um, inevitably, the conversation would turn to, well, where do you guys live? What do you do? Whatever. And so we would tell them that we live in this really small town, kind of in central North Carolina, mm-hmm. and most people have never heard of it, you know, and all that good stuff. And so um, I got to a point where I said, you know, we have moved to a really small town. We found a house and an office, a remote office, for really cheap. We kind of built our own wedding venue. We got involved with so many local boards that we had to turn down offers to join other boards. Oh, God. So we bought a house for $39,000. My wife started a business, and I have landed this great job. Like, if I don't start writing this down, I'm going to forget some mm-hmm. of the details. So That's incredible. It's not a place to do that. <laughs> so, like. um, so one day, I think I was on uh, my lunch break at the office, and I just opened up a Google Doc and just started writing. And again, back to the Tupac interview, you write what you know. And so I just kind of started writing our story. And little by little, I would write a little bit more and, a, and an idea would come to me and I would open up the app on my phone and just type a little bit. And so eventually by um, this past spring, I had gotten pretty much the entire book finished. It's only seven chapters, so it's not very long. And that's around the time that I sent it to you yeah. <laughs> uh, and said, why don't you take a look at this and uh, kind of let me know what you think. So slowly I had kind of put it together, but I really started turning the, you know, uh, putting my uh, foot on the gas to uh, get it published probably around March Mm -hmm. because I I always felt that um, our life experience and my uh, uh, kind of advice and how-to guides would be uh, beneficial for millennials especially, Mm -hmm. but after the coronavirus lockdowns and people were stuck in their apartments and a lot of people couldn't even leave their house or their apartment to go to the park or do anything I thought you know I probably need to hurry up and get this thing published because it's pretty newsworthy and it's pretty Mm -hmm. relevant now especially given the uh, COVID-19 so my wife is phenomenal she is very supportive and you know there's been a lot of late nights when we'll get the baby to bed and have a little dinner and then I'll stay up at my computer working on the book and Mm -hmm. Um, putting together the social media and putting together the finishing touches. Uh, she's been very supportive. I definitely couldn't get this published without my, my wife's uh, support. Uh, so it hasn't been easy, but, uh, <laughs> but it's been worth it. And, uh, and here we are. What's the process kind of looked like for, because uh, you're self-publishing, right? I'm self-publishing, yep. yeah. So the process, so if anybody else wanted to do this, uh, again, I would just say open up a Word document and just start typing. Mm-hmm. Just start writing. Tupac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Channel your inner Tupac and start <laughs> writing immediately. Um, and write about what you know or something you're passionate about or mm-hmm. something you're interested in. Just get it down. You can always edit it and revise it and uh, work on it uh, after you kind of get it down. Um, but thankfully with... Um, uh, Google Docs on your computer, on your phone, yeah. you know, it's very easy, very convenient to, uh, to get your, to get your uh, thoughts down. Um, once I had a pretty good manuscript in hand, I sent it out to a few friends, you mm-hmm. included, yeah. and said, you know, give me some thoughts and feedback on this. And then so I did a few uh, further revisions. Uh, through my in-laws, I got in touch with a lady who actually writes uh, adult books, adult novels, okay. roman- romance novels, okay. if you yeah. will. And uh, she was a former, um, she is a former English teacher, English professor, nice. I believe. Goals. <laughs> and so I called her and I said, I've got this book. I have no idea what to do with it now that it's finished, uh, but I need an editor. And she said, okay, I'll edit your book for an incredibly affordable price. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was phenomenal. And then um, 
one day I happened to be, I think I was coming home from work and I caught my neighbor outside and I said, Hey neighbor, how's things going with you? Oh yeah, here's what we're working on, whatever. Uh, by the way, I'm writing a book. And she goes, Oh, I'm actually illustrating a children's book as well. She's an artist and she paints. And so she's nice. working on a children's book. And she said, I recently made some friends here in town, here in Caswell County that uh, own a publishing business. And so she gave me their information. I called them and uh, worked out a contract and said, here's my book and my thoughts, and they have helped me through the publishing process. Mm -hmm. um, so I got an editor, I got help publishing, I uh, had to purchase what are known as ISBNs, which if you ever turn a book over on its back, you see the barcode and mm -hmm. the numbers. So the numbers on the back of a book are, are um, uh, specific to each individual book. So I had to purchase ISBNs, I set up a website, which looks nice, but it's mostly just pictures and uh, text. Uh, set up a social media account, and once everything was good to go, I kind of pulled the trigger, and, and that was it. Nice. All right there in your backyard, like your neighbor. All right there, yeah, all here in the county. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's a lesson that's obviously not written down in the book, um, but I think it's important for folks to know is is you, you kind of assume that those assets and those, those uh, conveniences are only available if you live in a bigger city. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you just kind of ask for what you're looking for, if you just do some networking, if you just kind of put yourself out it's there, so much easier. there's people out there who are doing the same thing, mm -hmm. even in very small towns and very rural communities. So you just kind of have to ask. You just kind of have to be willing to trust people and work with them and tell them what you want and, yeah. and, and be persistent, and you can do it. Yeah. I want to go back to a point you had made about uh, involvement. Like you had mentioned some boards and stuff. Uh, I know you've served on several boards. I have as well. Why is it so important, do you think, for like millennials to voice their opinions for boards and stuff? That's a fantastic question. Yeah. Well, I think it's important for anybody. Yeah. No matter your age. Um, most of the boards that I served on featured a lot of retirees, and that's, that's about perfectly <laughs> understandable <laughs> because those are the folks who have a little free time to mm -hmm. um, uh, to be involved. Um, you know, honestly, I think the number one uh, positive asset of it, aspect of it is, um, as I say in the book, it soothes your soul. Yeah. It literally, um, you feel a benefit by helping out your community. Mm -hmm. um, I talk about a, a, a group that I got involved with called Epic Caswell, which was aimed at helping kind of underpri underprivileged youth uh, experience new life experiences so we took them kayaking we took them hiking up pilot mountain and we did a lot of outdoor activities and these kids are magical yeah. I mean uh, you're you're talking to them about how mountains are formed and rocks are formed and uh, explaining science and to them and teaching them how to paddle a kayak and all these things and is this the group that you went to like Winston-Salem and they said is this Danville right yeah they thought they thought Winston-Salem was Danville that's right <laughs> Um, so it's incredibly rewarding in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, if you kind of want to take a shallow look at it, it's also an incredible resume booster. Now, I would not advise somebody to get involved just for those reasons. Yeah. But by getting involved and, and uh, getting to know people who are kind of the leaders in your community and who are in positions of power, that opens up opportunities. You know, my involvement helped me to... Uh, build a great relationship with our county manager. Mm -hmm. My great relationship with our county manager helped me to find out about the county planner position, yeah. which I applied for and interviewed for and earned. But if I didn't know him and didn't become aware of the opportunity through him, mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't be mm -hmm. the county planner. And I probably, I may not have even written this book. So it's, it's great for you personally. It's great for the community. 
uh, it can be a huge uh, asset for uh, building your career and opening up job opportunities. Uh, and like I talk about in the book too, uh, there are a lot of boards and committees and people and churches and nonprofits and everything who just need people who know how the internet works. Yeah, Literally, we need help creating a website. We need help putting together a Facebook page. We need help reaching out to people on social media to organize a coat drive or organize a food drive. You know, millennials and young, younger folks, people that are kind of our age, we just intuitively know how to do that stuff. It's not that easy for yeah. folks who are uh, of retirement age. And so they will think you are magical. <laughs> if, you, if you could come into their organization and, and boost their social media presence and draw people in as a result, they will think that you hung the moon. Oh, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Oh, that's how you save a PDF? That's well, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so um, That's how hashtags work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I get that question all the time. Yeah. So uh, what's some of your favorite things to do in Casual County? Well, uh, right now, that's tough. Uh, we got a newborn baby at home. We spend a lot of time at home. When we're not at home, uh, we're, uh, I'm helping my wife uh, grow her business. Um, you know, I talk about uh, our kind of our downtown lifestyle mm-hmm. in the book, mm-hmm. and uh, that's probably my favorite feature of it. Uh, we live in town. We have a great sidewalk system, which allows us to walk all over town yeah. and get really good exercise. When Waylon was young, or well, she's still young, she's still <laughs> time, but she was a newborn, and it was not uh, a thousand degrees outside, we would pop her in the stroller and walk around town and help her go to sleep and help her relax, but also get some really good exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, we have uh, Parks and Rec with mm-hmm. wonderful tennis courts basically in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I need to get a haircut or go to the post office or go to the library or go to the hardware store or any of those things, it's all in walking distance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, before Waylon was born, uh, I think back in late March, um, some uh, friends and I did a mountain bike outing on some trails that are yeah. right in town. And mm-hmm. I honestly, I didn't even know they were in town. Mm-hmm. But uh, they Casual County is gorgeous. They, they made like, me aware of them, and we did a little mountain bike outing. So, um, you know, I really love that we're in a remote area with a lot of outdoor recreational opportunities. Mm-hmm. But because we're in town, because we have walkable amenities, we have some of the, the look and feel of, of living a more urban lifestyle so I think I think we have a great balance yeah 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 and sometimes small towns if you can touch on this like they'll get like a bad rep like it's oh it's you know you live in a southern part of North Carolina there's nothing but trouble can you kind of attest that like that's not always the case no I think that's definitely not the case yeah yeah Um, we feel perfectly comfortable and and Mm -hmm. safe walking around our neighborhood Um, it's, it's really not even an issue I mean there are you know obviously the economy of Caswell County is not the same as the economy of some bigger city. Yeah. Um, it has its goods and its bads. I think probably the biggest upside, like we talk, touched on earlier, is there's tremendous opportunity. You know, uh, my wife has created her own business. If we yeah. wanted to, we could um, uh, start another business. Like, you know, yeah. here in Danville, there are... Um, a tremendous amount of homes available for sale, commercial properties mm-hmm. waiting to be renovated. There's a lot of downtown revitalization going on. Mm-hmm. I think across the country, there's a lot of downtown revitalization going on. And that is a tremendous opportunity for folks our age to get involved now. And then 10, 20, 30 years from now, we'll be able to look back and say, wow, you know, mm-hmm. piece by piece, we remade the, 
the complexion of the entire country. Yeah. In our own little communities across the entire country, Small town we, America. we yeah. really redid it. We it was not a coordinated effort. Exactly. That it just hap- It just kind of happened that mm-hmm. way. Uh, that there's a tremendous amount of opportunity there. Yeah. As we sort of wrap up, um, so what do you think, what has been your favorite part of small town living and then kind of like a pain point or like the most stressful part of like small town living? <laughs> oh man, good question. The best part is probably the lack of traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to joke that if we are in a traffic jam, it means we're behind a tobacco truck or a neutral colored minivan. <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, people who drive uh, gray or burgundy, or off-white minivans seem to go very slow. It's so those days are coming. Yeah. Mama bills. Yeah, like that's God. true. Yeah, we're parents now, so maybe <laughs> maybe we'll be getting the minivan. I'll I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think we'll be getting the minivan, but could happen. <laughs> um, but uh, that's kind of tongue in cheek. I mean, we don't. Um, thankfully, we don't have to drive that much, so yeah, we're, yeah. we're not ever really in traffic. Um, I think the probably the biggest downside is um, some of those conveniences aren't there. You know, uh, people laugh when we say this, but I don't think there's ever been a pizza delivered inside Caswell County. Are you serious? I'm serious. Yeah, I don't think so. I haven't even thought about that. So, you know, um, if you are uh, hanging out with your friends in Nashville or yeah. St. Louis or wherever, uh, it's late at night, you order some food, it delivers, you need an Uber, they come pick you up. It's fantastic. Obviously, we do not have that in, <laughs> in small towns. Now, we're in a very small town, so it's probably going to be a while, yeah. if ever, yeah. when we get something like that. Well, even Danville, like it, which is a little bit bigger, but like, yeah. it, think, it seems like such a convenience. You know? <laughs> yeah, I remember a few years ago when Danville got uh, Lyft and Uber. Oh, God, it was the like, big news for the first time. It was pretty big news. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I would say probably those conveniences. But there again, I mean, um, as I talk about in the book, I think that because we don't have those types of conveniences, then the natural tendency is people rely on each other a lot more. For sure. And so our daughter is about three months old. We brought her home from the hospital in mid-April. And literally people that we had just met a few months ago, um, or neighbors that we didn't really know all that well, but we had recently become acquainted with, they brought us food, they, uh, we had people uh, donate money to her college fund. Oh my God! We had people give us money and say, "Go buy her some diapers. Go yeah. buy some formula." Uh, That's other hospitality. Yeah, I mean, it, it was incredible. It's yeah. very touching and very yeah. moving. So, you know, you don't have those conveniences, but I think that it kind of naturally pushes people to rely on each other a little bit more. And that's a trade-off that I'm willing to take. I think that's a, l- a much more valuable and meaningful trade-off that I'm willing to take. Yeah. And hopefully folks will uh, move to Caswell County, North Carolina. But um, do you have any advice for millennials or anyone who's looking to maybe make that shift to small-town living? Yeah, buy my book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely um, buy the book. Uh, my the, in- the entire introduction for the book is available on my website, howtothinksmall.com. Good. So if you want to kind of... Get a glimpse of what it's all about, read the introduction, and then figure out if you want to buy it. Um, But there's a lot of uh, how-to guides and advice in the book. The back of the book features checklists for folks to think about as they're uh, making their uh, decision. But I would say uh, just kind of, you know, for the average millennial out there who lives in New York, San Francisco, or any big city, you know, think about the things that are really important to you or think about what you might want your life to look like. 
maybe you want to live in the mountains. Maybe you want to live near a lake. Maybe you um, want to live in a big western state where you've never really been before. You know, start there and then kind of narrow it down. Mm-hmm. You know, think about visiting that location. Do some research. That's call the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, call local people. Kind of get a sense of the community culture. Um, you know, do do a lot of research because if you are right now living in a bigger city, and especially after COVID nineteen, not really sure what you're going to do with your life. Mm-hmm. It seems negative. It seems like a, a low point in your life, but there's a huge opportunity. Yeah. I mean, there's a tremendous opportunity to start now and recreate your life and grow it into kind of the meaningful life that you want it to be. So mm-hmm. I would say pick a spot on the map, start doing some research, start figuring out if you think you could live there, and then really start putting the, the specific pieces together. Uh, can I take my job with me or can I work remotely or what's real estate look like in this area? Can I buy a house? Can I start a business? Uh, if I move there, who can I get to know? How can I be involved? Uh, again, all that advice is in the book, so that's probably your best start yeah. <laughs> starting point is to buy the book. Um, but that I would, that's probably where I would start. Yeah. And where can we follow you online? So the website is howtothinksmall.com. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash thinksmallbook. Instagram is also thinksmallbook. And then uh, the book is currently, as of today, Monday the 6th, it's available for pre-order on Amazon. Uh, the ebook, but it will be fully available tomorrow, the seventh, awesome. for download. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Matt. Thanks. And, and thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode.